you say your name and then I say, and I'm Lady Lane Charland, and then I'll take it from there. Okay. Just my name? Um, whatever you normally do at the beginning of the podcast, just, uh, hi, you guys we're back and we have taken a break. So we are trying to remember what we say, but you know what I can tell you with confidence is that I am Jessica Hover. (laughs) I'm Lane Dealing Gerland, and this is Very Good Enough, a podcast from Very Good Mothers Club. Yeah. We're back. We're back. We're back and it feels so good. But you know what else felt so good was that break. It did. We missed you guys. We missed each other, mm-hmm. though we saw one another a lot. We did. Not at first, though. No. At first, we bit. took a real break. Yeah. That part was sad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I didn't edit any podcast no. and I didn't make any notes and yeah. I didn't move anything in my living room and it was calm. Yeah. Very refreshing. Like, very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like, my soul feels. Yeah. Totally refreshed. Yeah. And I think Lane taught me something because you initiated that break and I never do that with my YouTube channel, like Mm. intentionally. Sometimes I accidentally take a break and then I sort of beat myself up while it's happening of like, this isn't a break. This is you failing at your job. But (laughs) to be like, no, we're going to take a break Mm -hmm. and we're going to pause first and then reflect and then see how we can better prepare for the next go at this that was really cool. And it actually affected everything else in my life too, Mm. work-wise to think, how can I be better at focusing, uh, you know, the on versus in thing. Yeah. You know, that That hasn't come out yet. No, but you know what I mean. (laughs) It's coming later guys, but the idea that you're thinking about everything versus being inside of it and like, ah, I just Mm -hmm. have to put out the next fire that appears. Yeah. Yes. Instead of being, feeling like constantly behind the ball. You can feel like, oh, I have my arms around this. Like I'm holding this thing and I get to decide what happens. Exactly. Yeah. So feels really good. Um, We're coming back with a plan, with stamina, with joy, and with some announcements. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I just really jolted you there. Uh, What's today? Is it Valentine's Day? Happy Valentine's Happy Day, Jessica. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Internet. That's fun. So fun. It's cool to come out on Valentine's Day. Is it? I mean, I think so. <laughs> Valentine's Day is sort of a womp womp day, in my opinion. Same. It's never as good as the movies made me think it might yeah. be. Yeah. But I, this year I'm going to try and do cute things for my kids on that day. And I think seeing the twinkle in their eye about it mm-hmm. could be fun. That could be nice. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I, I think I would have guessed that you're very like into it. Well, yeah. I love the color scheme of the day. <laughs> um, but there, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, Eloise cried on mm. Valentine's Day. And she said, I don't want to wear Thanksgiving colors. And we were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and we really didn't understand what she was talking about. Yeah. And then we were like, it's actually Valentine's Day and mom just likes pink. So she's probably going to wear pink. Mm-hmm. A lot of Valentines have pink and red on them. And she's like, I like those colors. And we we're like, oh, wow, this took a turn. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> you know, it's you're, arbitrary. I, I said you're wearing black on this Valentine's Day episode. And I just chose to wear flowers mm-hmm. on real Valentine's Day. Like when this episode drops. Yeah. I'll probably be wearing pink. So Cute. Act surprised. I'll also probably be wearing black. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Red lipstick, maybe? I used to um, wear black on Valentine's Day on purpose as a oh. little bit of like a angsty protest. Yeah. And now that's just my life. Yeah. This is what you've done every, <laughs> every day. day. Instead, yeah. I made it Valentine's Day every day. Every day. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, back okay, to my sorry, announcements, your announcements, which yeah. are number one, 
as you may have noticed, there are no longer time constraints on this podcast. We are liberated. Yeah. We're going to talk for as long as we want to talk. Mm-hmm. And when we're done, we'll be done. Mm-hmm. And in that, we're still committed to not wasting your time. Yeah. So the value hasn't changed. We're just going to take the pressure off ourselves to mm-hmm. go so fast. Yeah. And we got a lot of feedback from people being like, keep going. No, we like, we it. like it. Yeah. So, so thanks. Here we go. Thanks to you. <laughs> we're going to talk more. more. <laughs> <laughs> um, another new thing. Yay. There's now an actually direct way to contact us as opposed to, you know, DM whoever and do whatever you'd like. Find us. Um, (laughs) Now you can actually reach us very directly at verygoodmothersclub.com forward slash pod. Pod. P-O-D. There's a little contact form in there. Mm -hmm. So that's where you can drop questions if you want us to answer them Mm -hmm. um, at the end of these episodes or, you know, tell us that you really like just a sweater or, Mm. you know, any feedback. Feel free to drop it right there. Yeah. Yeah. We can't wait to read your messages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even more than that, we want to see your faces. So we actually are going to schedule for as long as it's wonderful, a call. (laughs) I was going to say in perpetuity. (laughs) That's a big commitment. (laughs) That is such a cute use of that word. I never used. Ah, we're back, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're learning big words with Lane. Okay. In perpetuity mm-hmm. is how I would say that. In perpetuity. Meaning yeah. like we're just going to do this for a long time. Yeah, like, like perpetual, like forever. Oh, So in perpetuity is like in legal contracts. Like so if like you if wanted. you really enjoy a friend, like I hope I get to hang out with you in perpetuity. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That would be a big way that of saying that. That would be a really yeah. big way of saying okay. that. Okay. Um, I love it here. <laughs> for as long as it's wonderful, we're going to start doing live calls inside the Very Good Mothers Club community. We're going to do yeah. them on Tuesdays. We're going to do them on Tuesdays, but it will be the fourth Tuesday of the month because Mm -hmm. the first three Tuesdays are our normal Very Good Mothers Club scheduled Zoom calls with me and Dr. Julie Fernandez and um, the amazing moms from around the globe. We (laughs) schedule them so that Australians can hit it, uh, Europeans, our Americans, Canadians, and we hope it grows this year. And Mm -hmm. the week that Julie and I don't lead those calls. It was just an open week. And then we decided, what if we it's take us. 45 minutes with you, anybody who wants to show up and answer some questions or just chit chat. We'll see who mm-hmm. comes and what it turns into, but yeah. we just want to know you. And, uh, and that's like the heart of everything we're doing is community and friendship yeah. and actually serving the people who are listening to the stuff we are creating. Yep. Can't wait. So it's going to be the fourth Tuesday of every month at 12 o'clock inside the community. Mm -hmm. So join Very Good Mothers Club. If you haven't become a member, do that and we will see you there. This episode is actually sponsored by Dr. Julie Fernandez and her Calm and Confident Parenting Workshop. This is a free workshop. It's going to start February 28th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm a guest speaker in this workshop, but let me tell you a little bit about what she's going to be doing. So this is here to help any mom get out of overwhelm and help her finally have the insight and empowerment to parent confidently. Get the proven steps on how your parenting style will become more effective in managing behavior while still respecting your children's individual personalities. It's time to free yourself from being the be careful mom and everyone deserves to feel confident when it comes to raising healthy children. So join us at the Calm and Confident Parenting Workshop on February 28th through March 2nd at 10 a.m. And the link will be in the show notes.
before Christmas, we recorded an episode about relationships. It was just feeling top of mind. It was feeling, Mm -hmm. some of them were feeling so cozy. Some of them were feeling tricky because it was right before the holidays. So we took some time to sit down and talk about relationships generally. Um, We talked about a lot of different kinds. We talked about some like mother to daughter. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about our like romantic relationships, some of our own and some of some other friends. We feel like that's a really great one to release today on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Um, It is in some spots really bright and hopeful. In some spots, it's really supportive. In some spots, it's like a little bit raw and real. Mm -hmm. And um, was this the one that was prompted by a divorce question? Yeah. At the very end, we answer a question about how to talk to kids about divorce. So that that might seem like a little bit jarring on Valentine's yeah. Day to talk about how to handle it when you decide that actually this mm-hmm. relationship needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels real and true to me. And so I feel I feel happy and aligned with putting that out today. Cool. And but I did think that we could add a little bit at the beginning of something, you know, so cute because mm, you have like adorable, a very cute and lovely relationship. Oh. I too have oh. true love. Wow. And uh, I thought it would be cute if we yeah. talked about how we met our husbands. Oh, that's fun. Okay. You go first. Okay. Um, I, well, I met my husband a really, really long time ago when we were 18 and 19 in Santa Barbara where he was going to school and I was floating around. (laughs) Did you think he was cute when you met him? Was it like, Oh, that guy, what a hottie. Uh, no, it was really, we had like a very random encounter. I mean, he's really, he's very handsome, but it wasn't like, Oh my God, this person. Um, I was, we were on a bus trip back from like a church youth thing, like a college group like trip. And I was having a weird conversation with like a very strange stranger and not like the danger <laughs> kind, just like the very strange kind yeah. who was saying the kinds of things where I was like, this is so cool and odd. And I just really wish there was someone here to like witness, enjoy this with, this me. with me. And in that moment, this boy flipped over the seat in front of me, eavesdropping mm-hmm. and was like, what are you talking about? Is like the that opening line like from Connor uh-huh. Turland. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, perfect. I've been asking for you. And he jumped right into this very strange conversation. And that was how I met him. He like listened in on something because he's so curious. He and then got to be part of this like odd sort of sparkly, strange moment that I was having. But then you didn't date right away. We didn't date right away. Um, we were around each other a lot. We did like some volunteer things. He actually dated my friend. Really? Which is a very cool way to get to know somebody. Seriously. Because they're like is. around and with you, but, then, but their focus is on somebody else. And are you friends with the friend anymore? Like did that end the friendship that you dated her ex? No. Okay. No, it didn't. This, there was, we're a talking gap. about an eight or nine year gap oh, between wow. these things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we just were around each other and then I did sort of lose track of him mm. at some point. And then, um, many years later, my roommate kept asking me if I wanted to go see her coworker play music. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with my own coworkers. I'm not going to hang out with your coworker. It just doesn't, this doesn't sound like someone who's going to be pleasant to live. My coworker plays music does like not sound like a vibe that you want to be part of. <laughs> And it took her a really long time for her to eventually like put it together that we know each other at which point I was like, Oh, of course. And that, that night I was, That's it was really on. funny. Yeah. And then from the beginning, once you reconnected, you fancied him. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. And he fancied you. Uh-huh. Okay. He's very clear. Oh, he was. Yeah. In what like. way? How? Uh, he like leaned across the table at me and cut me off from all other conversation. Wow. And then the next day he was like, here are three times you can hang out with me again. Pick one. 
I said, I'll take that one. Wow. And then we got married. He sent you the Calendly link. He's like, do you Straight want to Straight up shared me? his Google calendar with me like he three did. weeks into dating. Wow. It's like, put yourself in. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well done. And <laughs> now good. you're married to that. And now are you, is he my coworker's... Like if I was going to invite someone, mm. I mean, I would never do my coworker's it. husband plays music. <laughs> yeah. that, that might be the only I thing worse never, than my coworker yeah. plays music. <laughs> I would never do that because he too is my friend. Yes. But yeah. Okay. We love Connor. And we he's Connor. actually responsible for a lot of the setup. He helps yeah. make sure he that this all lot. works. And he's a great musician. So you should, how, how should they listen to him? Go um, on Instagram. Instagram, Connor, at Connor Drilland. Okay. C-O-N-N-E-R-C-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. <laughs> He this episode our, just brought to you by... He wrote our theme song. Oh, yeah. So that lovely music that you hear at the beginning and end is Connor. That's so sweet. Yeah. And I met Sean also when I was a wee little baby of 19. I think I had just turned 19. And I arrived to LA and we were both going to be students in a Christian-based nonprofit six-month-long school that was basically like you spend part of the time here in LA and then part of the time in a different country. So we were both sent to Thailand for two months. And I, my first um, seeing Sean, my first moment of like that guy, uh, I had arrived to the campus with my boyfriend and Sean was doing a skateboarding trick over this, this like entryway, big thing. And my boyfriend was like, poser. Oh. <laughs> and, and I was like trying to make eye contact with the skater guy. Um, <laughs> I don't think I thought he was, I, yeah, it wasn't like I was trying to be flirty, but I'm you know me. I really enjoy strangers. I like really enjoy the meeting and the energy of like new people. Yeah. And so I found Sean a wee bit rude oh. because I was trying to make eye contact with him and his friend who were there, who were going to be students in the school. And uh, he didn't they were busy. They were busy. Yeah. Mm. But I found out that in that moment, he turned to his friend and said, that girl is smoking hot. But what a weird thing that I would have no idea. <laughs> I'm like, he does not even know I'm alive. And then, yeah, we ended up doing the school together. And in the in that time, I uh, broke it, broke up with my boyfriend in Colorado. Not, uh, it's like probably not for Sean, but also his presence helped. Mm -hmm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes you need a little inspiration yeah. to get out of what it's you needed true. to get out that's, of. Anyways, that's the truth. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then eventually, after that program was all done, um, we started dating and got married, and we are in. In year 14 Holy of moly. marriage. And we'll probably talk more marriage stuff along the way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Really great. Really hard at times. Uh, and then you push through the hard times and then somehow you enter a new depth of great and different yeah. and growing together. Yeah. Well, you talk a lot more about that in the episode that you, you guys might. now get to listen to. Oh my gosh. I didn't even remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> I'll have fun too listening to that and then remembering what we talked about. Okay. okay. Thanks for being here, guys. We like you so much. Enjoy this episode. Okay. We're going to talk about relationships. We don't have a great plan. I'm doing yeah. that on purpose. Yeah. Sometimes we come in with more structure and sometimes we come in more wanting it to be a conversation. And I find that the conversations go deeper and are, they're a little scarier for me to record, mm -hmm. but I like the juiciness and the depth of us kind of learning about each other yeah. while they're here. So 
relationships in this week in very good mothers club. Uh, we, we had some zoom calls where I just basically opened it up for people to talk through what relational conflicts are you facing right now? Because I was hearing from multiple people that they were experiencing conflict. I thought the conversations were mostly going to be about their spouse, their partner, the person they're raising their kids with. Um, that did come up more than that. What came up was their own parents or their own like in-laws. Um, an interesting theme that we were talking about, which I know you're going to have a lot to say on because you probably witnessed this, um, this theme of like, as you mom are learning how to be a mom or dad, if you're listening, as you're learning how to do this, your parents are learning how to be parents of parents. So your mom is now not just learning how to be a grandma, which is its own joy. And I would imagine challenge looks mostly like a joy, Seems doesn't. Um, but the challenge seems to be that grandma is learning how to be a mother of a mother. Yeah. And that is a hard job to have. Um, that carries over into this topic of relationships with your spouse, with the person you're having these kids with, your partner, whoever that is, because you guys are learning individually how to be parents, but you're also learning as a couple, your relationship is learning how to carry the weight and responsibility of these children. Um, I've found that for many couples, the immediate newborn stage is a bit magical and can kind of conceal where there might be um, breaks happening in the relationship, where there might be struggles because you're both so obsessed with this new little baby that you made. Even though you're sleepy. Yeah. But, but I do think for some couples that this isn't true, but just you find people who have babies almost to save their relationship. Oh, sure. And then right when they have the baby, they're like, oh my gosh, we're doing so much better. It's working. Yeah. I've never felt so in love. And you really, your brain is shooting off love hormones when you have this baby. So you are actually feeling like you're falling in love again. You're falling in love with your baby though. And so, I mean, you might also feel like you're falling in love. But that is uh, a bit risky because soon enough you get kind of tired enough or the relationship is heavy enough. I I was describing to Lane earlier the way I sort of see it is like, you know, when you're grocery shopping and you forget your own bags, (laughs) so you (laughs) use the paper bags here, you have to (laughs) bring your own bags, but you get the paper bags and then you load them up too full because you try and carry way too much in one go. Um, this is my life. I'm just describing exactly how I do my groceries. <laughs> and then they tear through pretty much every single time. There's too much weight in the bag. The only way to carry the weight is if you would reinforce it and put like another bag through. Mm-hmm. Adding a baby is like really heavy groceries. <laughs> and your relationship is a paper bag that's done a really good job being a paper bag for the amount of stuff it's had to carry so far. Mm-hmm. But the baby's quite heavy. And you need reinforcements in this season. It's pretty normal to need reinforcements. Without it, you're going to experience some tearing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what's coming up here, Lane, which I'm going to just hand it to you and see what wisdom you have. One question we received, which was an anonymous question, but an excellent question. And I'm kind of going backwards and I'm using the question to prompt a conversation. 
This question is, what happens if you decide you guys do want to end your relationship? You want to get a divorce, Mm -hmm. but you have kids. How do you go about communicating that to the kids, protecting them from potential harm? Yeah. Um, And I just think that question itself, it lends to a conversation that could be a podcast episode. So Mm. here we are. In the podcast episode. This yeah. is it. This is the one it's happening. We're doing it. It's the perfect episode yeah. <laughs> for this <laughs> Thank question. <you> so much. <laughs> so yeah. So I guess I'm starting off by just acknowledging that if you're in a relationship and it feels super strained, you have a baby, you have mm-hmm. a few babies, you have some kids. It's strained because what you guys are carrying is very heavy. And in order for it to work, you'll need reinforcements and reinforcements come in many different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can talk about what that looks like. Do you want, do you want to go the route of talking about how you can strengthen a relationship first and then answer that question? Or do you want to start by answering the question? Let's, let's start with, let's just start with this, which is your children know they already know. Mm-hmm. They know about your relationship. They know about tension. They know about all the underlying feeling things, mm. whether or not you tell them stories. They, they feel it. Yes. Okay. They So you're not hiding anything from these mm. children. And obviously details belong to a, adult details belong to adults. And I'm not by any means suggesting that you just pour adult details yes. out. Oh, please don't. But I want to start with like eliminating the idea in your mind that like your kids are fine and they have no idea and your relationship is falling apart, but they don't know about it. They do know. know. Okay. So like these are real full alive people in your house who are in all of these relationships with you. Like they're in this life and they can tell. So that part is Mm -hmm. not a thing. And it is important for you to make a choice either to strengthen and care for this relationship or to end it on behalf of the children who know that it's not going well, Mm. languishing in something dreadful and doing nothing about it for the kids, like quote unquote, Mm. is not a real thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You have such an interesting perspective because I'm thinking like, so we could put on a show at home, we being us collectively, right? mm -hmm. We could be like, okay, here we are pretending everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, obviously everything's not fine. And then we drop our kids to you. Mm -hmm. And then I would imagine you guys end up seeing a version of the kid that shows something's not fine at home, even if you don't know. Right. Absolutely. They stop eating. Mm -hmm. They're sleeping strangely. There are weird tantrums for no kind of reason. They show up feeling sort of disheveled. They're fighting with dad at every single drop off, which Mm -hmm. they never used to do. Like absolutely that stuff is in them. It's not like you put it there. It's just that they're in this life living it with you. So if it's happening to you, things also are happening to them. Not the same thing that's happening to you, but like that's, this is a unit and this is the life that they live in. And those things, there are like outworkings of those things in their life for sure. Yeah. And I guess a reason why we would want to do a good job communicating one of the many reasons would be that children have a tendency to internalize something as their own fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also remember being young and my parents going through a divorce and I remember feeling like it was my fault. Mm-hmm. I, I actually like specifically, this is like super vulnerable, I'll tell you, but I remember learning what a middle finger, like when you stick a middle finger up uh-huh. means to someone. And I remember doing it to myself oh, when wow. I found out because it was right around the time that they were getting divorced. And I was like, 
I probably did that. Yeah. And, and I think had some different communication happen because, um, this is not to shame any parents listening, but I think that there is something to where when you assume the kid doesn't know what's actually happening is they're just feeling like they must be doing something wrong that's causing these breaks around them. And so yeah. any sort of communication can help in our experience. Um, I don't think there was much, maybe there was something like at the end where it was like, okay, this is happening, mm-hmm. but no, like, yeah. Even even to say, guys, you didn't do this. And that could be very helpful. That could <laughs> maybe, be very maybe that helpful. Maybe that would be very freeing. <laughs> so I actually thought that you were like, gosh, you have an interesting perspective on this because of my life story with my parents getting oh, divorced. Yeah. I actually thought it was going to go a very different direction because interestingly, about that. my parents got divorced when I was 23. And this also is not to shame or harm the parent that I know is listening. But um, I have stated a few times that I think that that probably should have happened a lot earlier okay. in our life. Because you all knew something was really wrong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but also, even at 23, uh-huh. I, somebody told me, you know that's not your fault, right? And I broke down weeping. Wow. Because at 23 years old, you still I don't know like why that. children feel that way. But yeah. small children and adult children feel like it's their fault. Yeah. And it took me took my breath away to realize that at 23, <laughs> I thought it was my fault. Yeah. Um, there's Sorry. something about that. So let's, that's like, we're no experts on this, but no. that's something that's really important. If our, if our relationships are ending, mm-hmm. there needs to be very clear communication to our kids mm-hmm. that it's not their fault. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Let's just start there and pin yeah, that so on, we'll just... on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And um, maybe at the end, we get into some language about like, if that is the choice that you're making and this is a relationship that's going to end, then like, here's some language around yeah. like how to communicate She'll give that you a script. She's so good with scripts. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really yeah. good. But first, maybe I we wonder, talk about relationships. Yeah. I wonder just, them. yeah, in life, I mean, you're in a relationship that you plan to be in for your whole life. That's the plan. Perfect. Many of us are, I am as well. I think that, um, you guys probably are too. And still, there may be moments where you ask yourself, is this possible? Are we going to be able to make it through this? What's going on? Why is this so hard? Mm -hmm. Being with somebody for year after year after year requires a lot of growth on both of your ends because naturally we are growing as Mm -hmm. people and we're changing and we're figuring out what do we believe about certain things and we're even just life, the world around us changes. And then we have to figure out how to meet (laughs) that world and see where we fit in it. And so to do that alongside someone we adore, who is also just a person, just Mm -hmm. a person who has, has issues and hangups and poops and, you know, does all the the human things it's not easy. And when you add what children bring, which children are wonderful gifts and a lot of responsibility. And when you add that much responsibility to a relationship, you're, you're tired, you're having to navigate. Um, I mean, these are conversations I hear from parents all the time is like, whose responsibility is it to do what at different times when the kids up at night, who's going to handle that? Who's doing bedtime? Who's doing this stressful thing that came up? Uh, we both have to work today, but now one of the kids sick, what are we going to do? It's, it's a lot of like, figuring out how to handle the responsibility that a child is on top of 
the heavy load that you already carry as a grown-up in the world. She's just trying to scare me. <laughs> I know. We were joking that every episode we find out again why Lane is not really trying to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not scary. <laughs> really fun. Really fun and legitimately scary. Okay. That's actually really important though. The fact that it would scare someone out of having kids, not that that's really why she's not having kids, but um, the fact that that's really the sensation you feel when you hear that stuff should be very validating to you mm-hmm. that it is hard. It is not easy. So if you're struggling in your relationship, the natural tendency might be like, I'm struggling because this person sucks. Mm-hmm. No, Maybe, but probably not. You are struggling because you guys are walking through something really hard. Mm-hmm. And I bet you're with them because you didn't think they sucked at all. If, yeah. if I mean, this also might be uncovering that you guys are together for the wrong reasons and we got to sort that out. But I'm assuming you really like who the other person is. Yeah. And there's a reason you made this commitment to each other. And what you're walking through is super hard. And many people do this successfully. Many people figure out how, while growing their family and raising their family, how to have loving, lasting relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of us go through hard times that we don't share openly about. So that yeah. that's also a bit comforting because it can look like, especially if you're watching people through the internet, it can look like everybody out there is doing great right. and looks amazing. <laughs> and we are in here really struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's not true, but there is something to having privacy when you go through hard things. And I say that as, um, as somebody who's on the internet a lot, but also walked through really hard things in marriage in the last few years. And actually we feel like we're very much on the other side of some of this and doing a lot better, but it's been a super eye-opening process to realize that, um, you even, even couples who are so committed. I mean, there was a time when Sean and I were teaching on relationships. We were invited to places with this nonprofit organization to teach on relationships. Fast forward a few years, we got to a point where we were like, our relationship's going to work, right? Like, do we think it's going to work? Definitely not going to teach on relationships anymore because we just want to make sure we can get this one through Mm -hmm. this period that we're in. And now that we're um, feeling a little bit more free from some of the heavy stuff we went through, there's really this sense of like, we got to tell everybody that it's hard because then you're not surprised by it. Because Mm -hmm. when it's hard, if you know, like the heart, the challenge is coming or not, not in the way of like, I want to scare everyone because I don't want to scare anyone. Right. I more want to validate the person who's in it thinking that it's hard because this person is making it so hard. Mm-hmm. They might not make it easier. There might need to be a shift in how you do the relationship. That could be real. But it's probably that you guys are carrying a lot right now and you've never done this before. And mm-hmm. maybe you have one kid, but now you've just had your second and... You've not, never not had two kids before. Yeah. You, you end up with a third kid. You've never had three kids before. And so it really is a lot of growing and evolving as a couple and then having to pick up new skills. And I don't know, I, can I give like basic things that are working that are, have helped us a little bit? Yeah. Um, something that shifted in the last year or so, Sean switched to being a, a stay at home dad primarily. And 
that alone would have been really hard for him. But within that role, he built a, a social life into it. So he takes the kids to this skate park. My husband skateboards professionally. So skateboarding is like a major part of his life. Um, he takes them to a skate park where some of his friends are and the friends love the kids. Cool. And it's right next to a playground. So what's happening there is we've got the social element of life built in. It's a mm-hmm. schedule. He does it the same time each week. And then the kids are getting time outside. He's getting time outside and he skates, um, you know, when he's able to, sometimes he's just chasing kids, but he's around skateboarding and says that that's good. The skateboarding is exercise. So we've got the exercise happening, the social life happening and routine. Um, there's a lot like mentally when, when we don't have routines where it just feels like every day is sort of like exhausting with all the decisions you have to make. That was hard. So to get routine was very helpful. Um, also, our kids are sleeping through the night now. So we, we oh, went the so route of good. like sleep training and like it, it very much helped, but you do what's, what's best for you. But does, there is something to like, once you guys are sleeping again, some challenges you'll find just falling yeah. away. Whatever your version of making sure that there's adequate rest yeah. in your home. Yeah. Like whatever that pathway looks like for you and your family. Yeah. Adequate Eventually. rest is required yeah, it for like a functional life yes. and for a functioning person, totally. which is what you need in a relationship. Yes, exactly. So if you're in the baby stage where neither of you are getting rest, hang in there. That stage passes, but that also might amplify some things that feel hard. It's just, mm-hmm. you're both tired. And then, oh, he once a week takes a friend for tacos. Um, it's a friend that we care deeply about who's going through some major health issues. So I would say that does two things. It gives him a social outlet. He also invites some other friends of theirs, Mm -hmm. but it is, it is giving to someone else as well. There's something really, we talked about that in the last episode, like making sure that you're also using your life to help somebody else Mm -hmm. can really give you a sense of identity and the reason why I'm talking so much about what's working for him is because we learned a while ago from a friend that healthy people make a healthy relationship. And so you guys functioning well together is going to be a lot dependent on you guys functioning well independently Mm -hmm. and having your needs met, having their needs met. So I'm describing how his needs are being met because that makes a huge difference in how we do things together Mm -hmm. as a couple. And then for myself, I am doing pretty much the same stuff, but it just looks different. So like I'm, I'm getting social activities in, I'm moving my body. I have work that's meaningful. So I'm, I feel like I'm able to give back in a sense, which is healthy. And then we together have time built into our schedule to make sure we're connecting, we're sharing responsibilities. We are, if like we're losing it, which is a real experience when you have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's like a day that's super intense for us, we are tapping each other in. So like, it's not uncommon for one of us to call the other and be like going, going pretty crazy today. Any chance I can have like a little break and you can, can jump in here. Um, some of that is the luxury of my work schedule being one where I'm like, uh, able to come home if Mm -hmm. I need to, but, but even, even the fact that you have a relationship where when one of you asks for something, the other person doesn't feel defensive. Yes. You know, like that's such a real thing in a marriage of somebody being like, I'm so tired. I need help. And being like, I'm so Mm -hmm. tired. Are you kidding? Do you know what I did today? Like I can't like that. It's so quick and easy to suddenly be on like opposite sides of the room from one another. Yeah. Metaphorically. Yeah. No, I, I just heard of a mom this week who was like, yeah, in the middle of the night, two of my kids were crying for hours. And I went and 
woke my husband up and asked him for some support and expressed like, I feel alone. And he said, oh, do you, would you think I would call you during my work day? Gross. (laughs) Wow. That's so I was like, so what did you do after you punched him? (laughs) What happened next? No. So your husband's dead and that's what we're going to talk about now. Wow. It was wild. But, But a good piece to realize is like, being fatigued, being tired, being stressed can bring out an ugly in you that you didn't even know was there that you can't believe. Like uh, to, to a couple in a situation like that, where you end up so stressed, you're really belittling the other person's Mm -hmm. needs. Um, it might be a great opportunity to look into like some therapy (laughs) as a team, because that, um, that kind of stuff like gets out of hand where it's not productive. And you're right. If if you can ask somebody for help and not make the other person feel small or feel like you're really putting me out, but just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I get it. We're your, I think we're that's on tired. the receiving end too of being yeah. the person who like, here's your partner, ask for help, feels that defensive feeling come up and goes like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I did also work. What I did does not detract from what they yeah. did. And yes, I can help them. True. Or I'm really sorry, babe. I can't do that right now. I could maybe talk to you about that in 15 minutes or so. I actually just have to finish this thing. Right. But like, I think that's on the receiving side to sort of cap that big hot defensiveness. Healthy people. Uh So there's so much that is like you as a person being able to regulate yourself and your emotions and then them being able to do the same. Yeah. This is so interesting. I have so many thoughts as you've been talking, (laughs) but like... I think one of the things I'm noticing is that um, I think sometimes we look to our relationships or we go into relationships, especially a marriage, and then the excitement of having a baby, not noticing that we think that that's the thing that's going to be fulfilling Yes. when most of the time it's like really boring. Yeah. Like being married is like your regular life. But someone else is there also just doing their regular life. And regular life is pretty boring. Yeah. It's like pretty boring. And uh, if you're home with a baby all day long, it's like very loud and very important at some points and super cute and fun at other points. And then there are big stretches in the middle that are super boring. Yes. (laughs) And it can feel like a real surprise. And I think that's one of the big things that makes people freak out inside their Mm -hmm. relationships when they're just like living day to day without having noticed that that's what's happening and being like, why do I feel so unfulfilled and so understimulated? This person mm. must be boring or maybe I wasn't cut out to be a mom or mm-hmm. whatever. Like or somebody's something wrong with this relationship because mm-hmm. I don't feel high inside. Yes. Yes. Like I did when we fell in love. Right. Or like I thought it was going to be like it looked in the movies where they clipped all the actual days happening. Like and just all only of showed the me. Instagram reels <laughs> yes. on the internet, which you is literally highlights everything set to music. Yes. I, yeah. Highlights set to music. Yes. So that's what we spend our days looking at. And so then we're like, why do I feel yes. high watching this reel? Right. But then I turn back to my normal living room. Mm-hmm. Like just film a couple of clips and set it to music and it's, someone else is going to think of the same about you and neither of you are high inside. <laughs> Over here being like, this is how the sausage gets made, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of what you're describing are building blocks to like a 
a genuinely fulfilled life. Like you're describing ways to be fulfilled as a person Mm -hmm. and the pressure that that lifts up off of your relationships, whatever they are Mm -hmm. to like make that spark happen or make you feel satisfied Mm -hmm. by like doing the things that are important, having work that you love, Mm -hmm. like having that beautiful social time, finding stimulation elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're putting way too much pressure on the person. Yes. It's not real. The expectation is way too high. I'm like really fun. Sometimes I'm like really sexy a couple times a week (laughs) and that's like it. (laughs) That's like as much all I've got. That's as much fun and sexy as I can be. And the rest of the time I'm just this lady sitting here (laughs) doing my life. Right. And, and it's the responsibility actually doesn't lie on any of your relationships to like bring you excitement or joy or fulfillment. They offer those things. Mm -hmm. And that's super cool. Like that's definitely part of a really fulfilling life. But if that was the expectation, you got to just like catch that thought and make sure that it comes conscious Mm -hmm. where you're like, whoa, actually I'm, I'm really just mad at him because like, I feel like my life is a little bit boring today. Mm. I should find something that's like satisfying for me to do or. Yeah. It's really, it's only been recent generations that we've done that to our, um, our marriages are where we're looking to our marriage to be our fun, to be our sexy, to be our purpose, to be our best friend, Mm -hmm. to be our safe place, to be our Mm -hmm. steady place. We want it to be spontaneous and we want it to be very steady and predictable. Mm -hmm. And we want all of these things from this one relationship where like, if you look back historically, that's not even what marriage was. And you had many other places that you were going to, I mean, probably marriages, those couples weren't even together that often because like one of them was having to go do one thing while the others were having to tend to the other thing in their like village forms. Yeah, war and farming. Thank and you. Yeah. Travel. Tending to children yeah. and all, all kinds of stuff where now we do live this um, luxury of like, I'm going to find the person that is my, my best friend mm-hmm. and I'm going to make them mine forever. Um, even, even, um, even faith plays a role in this where like, historically speaking, people had religion that they adhere to very much. And now it almost becomes the, the deity is the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so then when that's not giving like the significance and the feeling of like importance and Zen and like high, Mm -hmm. then I'm off to find the next thing that makes me feel temporarily high. And there really is a high attached to falling in love. Sure. Super high. It's very fun. Um, But then you can end up leaving what is, what is, has the potential to be really deep and meaningful and good Mm -hmm. to go find the things that um, make you high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There has to be a real respect for elasticity in these relationships, really in all relationships, whether it's like with your partner or your children or your parents or your friends, like everyone is in this constant state of evolution and flow. And so we have to have a built-in expectation that people are going to be different throughout the course of our relationship with them. Your children will grow. The one who was like your cozy snuggler might not be anymore. They might be like, no, thank you. Please don't touch me. And you have to find a new way to get to be close with them because they're growing. One of my favorite things about my relationship with Connor is that we went into our marriage. We got married super quickly. And part of the agreement there was, I like who you are now. And I'm really confident that all the different people that you're going to be throughout your life that like, I want to see those people. Like I want to be with you and I'm excited to watch you change. Yeah. 
And being able to say that at the beginning has definitely been really helpful over the last six years because I have, I mean, I was 25 when we got married. I have been a lot of different people since then already. Yeah. And just knowing that like that's part of the baseline agreement is that maybe even this next version of Connor will be someone that I prefer less than the one that I have right now. That's like a very real possibility. But knowing that like what I decided to do was be with someone who's going to evolve and change. Yeah. And my parents will age and go through lots of life phases Mm -hmm. through the rest of our relationship together. And they have certainly already. And, and there's loss in Mm -hmm. that too. Um, but that's part of it. And that has to be part of what's good about it is that people change and there needs to be just like this, just a little bit of give enough that you can pull on a little bit in your relationships that people can stretch and shift and alter and be different without it being this like surprise devastating factor. Yes, totally. And as much as you can put words around the changes that are happening, the easier that will go. Um, I think the hardest parts for, for us in our changes that we've experienced over the course of our marriage is times when we could feel that changes were happening, but we weren't saying what was going on. Even Mm. just to say, I don't really know what's going on. I just feel weird lately, or I feel overwhelmed lately, or I'm confused about this particular part of life, really anything. I could be totally exhausted. And if I'm not saying it, then it could be the story that they're telling themselves is actually that I'm like for Sean, that I'm disappointed in him or I don't like him or, you know, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, something negative is usually what gets the, the blanks that get filled in. If you're not communicating are usually negative. Um, that's pretty much true in all relationships. A hundred percent of the time when there's silence, I will fill in the worst possible story. Yeah. Yeah. One piece of advice that Sean's brother gave me when I got married Jason, he's the older brother, one of the older brothers. He said, as much as possible, assume love Mm. because in relationship, there are going to be a lot of opportunities to assume other things. And so, for example, like your, your person goes to the store, they don't bring you back your favorite thing. And then you make an assumption. They don't think of me anymore. They think more about the kids than me. They think more about their friends than me. They think more about their phone than me, all of this stuff, which maybe, maybe, or maybe they were at the store, they're pretty overwhelmed. They were trying to do this quickly to get back to you yeah. and help with some of the other stuff going on. Totally slipped their mind to get your favorite thing. Um, not because they don't care, but just because their mind is very, very full or very mm-hmm. tired or whatever. Um, so assumptions, if you can go into it, assuming love and then have curiosity around like, so what is what is going on? What are mm-hmm. you feeling? Do you Do you realize that the way you're acting is different? For some, for some people, I, I will say guys in particular, I'm sorry to stereotype if that's offensive, but, um, I've seen it more in like the girls to the guys of like, he's acting so different and he has no idea. Huh. And so then it takes some like, do you know that you're, you're coming off more like cold now or more like you don't yeah. care about me or you don't laugh at my jokes. You, there's mm-hmm. the real stuff you can point out and then they might be like, Oh, I actually had no idea. But now that you say that, I have been feeling really weird inside. I've been feeling really stressed or something. Um, Communication, really crucial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hold off on those stories until you have information and go get the information that you need from the person that you love. Yeah, and sometimes words looks like, 
hey, when you act like this, what I feel Mm -hmm. is that you're not happy with me. There was a time when Sean was working a job that I was really thankful he was working. And he thought because of the way I was acting that I was disappointed that that was the job he was working. And it was really just a communication thing. And once we talked about it, I was able to express like, oh, I do have some concerns about this job, but I'm actually not at all disappointed that you have this job. I'm thankful you have this job. Mm. Um, It's as simple as that. If you don't know what the other person's thinking, you don't read each other's minds. Even the longer you're together, you might know each other's habits and patterns to an extent, but we never really know what exactly is going on in the other person. So it's super important to be asking the questions and then also expressing what's honestly going on mm-hmm. inside of ourselves. Um, yeah. Is there anything? I don't think so. I think it's sort of time to pivot to bring like, it to that. Yeah. What happens when, when the relationship's over are at the point and you do know that you need to go ahead and end your relationship and there are children involved And I will just say, I hope this isn't the case, but if there is anybody listening and you know Mm -hmm. that you need to go ahead and end a relationship, you need to trust yourself on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you know. Yeah. And if you know, but you're feeling really stuck or something, get some support Mm -hmm. of any kind. Um, Even call in like a family member who loves you, who understands or pay for professional support or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you're in a situation that is, is clearly, clearly to you, not where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're happy to live in a time where you don't have to stay in something that's not right for you. If you know that it's mm-hmm. evidently not right for you. Yeah. Um, so the other person who knows that it's not right for you is the child in your house mm. and does feel that things are changing and they feel the rift and it is a, a tectonic rift. Like the plates of somebody's little life are pulling apart and that's mm-hmm. real and you can't make it not be that. It's also not a reason to stay in something that's not right for you. You go ahead and make your choice. And then, and now we talk about like how you take care of this little person in this thing that is challenging at a time that is comfortable where you are connected with your child to be able to tell them like, I need to let you know that our life is going to change a lot. Mm. Um, I know that you have been feeling for a long time that things are tricky Mm -hmm. between me and your other parent. It's been really tricky. I know that you know that. Um, I'm sorry if that's been causing you any pain. I would love to hear from you about that. Mm -hmm. What we've decided is that we're going to go ahead and not be married anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't call it something else. Just Mm -hmm. say what it is. We're going to go ahead and we're not going to be married anymore. Um, We're both still going to be your parents. I'm going to be your this person and they're going to be your that person and that's not going to change. Mm. And we love you a ton. Mm -hmm. And we're really happy that we were together and that we got you. Mm. And we need our life to look different in the future. Mm -hmm. This is what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. Do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. If you can be very clinical about it in that way and not, I'm not saying like cold or distant, but just like say what it is, say the whole thing of what it is and then wait and go ahead and give them some space to ask questions. And they may be like, nope, okay, and bounce away, and that Mm -hmm. might scare you. Or they may have a really big reaction, or they may ask you things that you're not ready for. Mm -hmm. But letting those questions come. If you can hold the position as like, I am not afraid of your questions. I'm a person who tells you the truth, and I'm not afraid of your questions. You don't have to answer them in the moment. You can say, that's a really good question. I'm really going to need to think about how I want to answer that for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hang on to that. Can I can I answer you a little bit later when I've had a chance to think? Do you have any other questions? Yeah. That tells them that you are 
still safe, mm. that they are still safe, that they can still trust you. Like it keeps, it keeps that feeling of being held mm -hmm. around their life, even though their life is about to actually like cut into a couple of different parts mm. and they're going to have to navigate something really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they walk away or run away or jump away or mm -hmm. whatever they do, keep an eye on them. Don't, this isn't a good time to like, let them go have their space. Um, I'm thinking about when my little sister found out she, my, my parents were getting divorced. Um, she told me that she went in the backyard. She like acted fine. And then went in the backyard and cried by herself and mm -hmm. wondered why nobody came oh, wow. and maybe nobody came because they were letting her have space or right. maybe because she did a little kid thing mm -hmm. and ran away fine. Um, and maybe they won't do that. Maybe they don't leave and cry at all. Maybe they leave and then they just want to play with you. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's peace in the relationship enough where you guys can deliver this news together, then you can also work as a team afterwards yeah. to see like, okay, who's, which one of us is going to like go be with them. Maybe there's more than mm -hmm. one kid. Who knows? Um, obviously, if they're really, really little, there's not a lot of communication. You're going to do just a lot of love to them. Mm -hmm. If they're like super young toddler baby not a lot of communication to have, but tell your baby, go ahead and tell yeah. them. Yeah. That's and a good even point. though the words aren't going to mean anything to them, like they feel you marking a difference in their life. Yeah. And that's, it's a really powerful precedent to mm -hmm. set in your relationship on, on your end Yeah, of like, I'm going to let this person be part of their own life and I'm going to be there to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And if you find yourself in the gray space between making a decision, meaning like the relationship's really suffering, uh, maybe some of the stuff we've talked about today, maybe stuff we haven't touched on, but you know your own relational suffering. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out um, what you should do, if you should end it or you should work on it. Um, one thing I've seen to be very helpful in my friends who have ended their marriage and then um, friends who are who have worked through things is you want to think about what will give you the most peace down the road. Um, like if you're going to end it, because what brings a lot of peace is when you can reflect on your own actions and think, I did everything I could think to do. There's really nothing I wish I did. Mm -hmm. We did everything we could think to do. And then at that point determined this wasn't going to work. It's, there's a lot of loving a person that involves big feelings. And sometimes in those big feelings, you think like, ah, I'm it, I'm, I'm now I'm done. Um, that's real. And then just like, try to try to regulate mm -hmm. and then bring yourself to like, okay, is, is that true? Like, is, are there some conversations that need to be had? Would it be good to do some counseling? Would it be good to bring in some other people to help figure out how to shift life around a little bit? Um, maybe the relationship is salvageable. And then if you've done everything you can think to do, then you end up here and then you, you keep walking through and you keep taking the steps knowing that ultimately you'll all be okay. Everyone mm -hmm. will be all right. You might yeah. need a lot of support in this process. I assume you do. Um, but just since we're kind of touching on like what happens when things go well, what that happens when things don't go well, the in-between is very, very real. And so in the in-between, try to think of your future self and what does that person hope you did right now? All the little things. And then, yeah. And then you end up here. Yeah. Complicated topic. Complicated topic all of your feelings are invited just like your child's feelings yeah. and everybody's invited to have their feelings change later. That's mm -hmm. the thing you can also say to your child and True. maybe to yourself in the mirror. Yeah. You can feel differently about this later. Mm -hmm. You can always come back to me with more questions. Mm -hmm. 
what if we told ourselves that when we were in a hard place? Right. I'm here for you. You can feel how you need to feel and you can come back to me later with other questions. Yeah. Yeah. So gentle. Mm -hmm. So present. Yeah. You can't change anybody, right? Mm -hmm. You can just do what you can do to be healthy and well and hope that this person you chose is also going to be responsible for themselves. And then for your little people that you made, you're caring for and loving, um, you just do the best you can to love them through this. It's okay if they hurt. Ultimately, they will be all right. Mm -hmm. They'll make it through and you'll be right there to guide them and it'll be good. Um, I'm, I went through a couple divorced, (laughs) my parents getting divorced a few times. Um, I'm okay. Yeah. Mine was just the once also okay. <laughs> so I don't know. We're not here to like advocate divorce as uh-uh. if that's the only option. But no. I just want to say as daughters, um, we're all right. People end up just fine. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be devastated for your kids um, and so scared. Yeah. Yeah. At any stage of the relationships, you just do your best. Yeah. And you're doing a great job. You're doing a really good job. I feel like I can sense like the seriousness of what we're doing. So I'm afraid to end it because I just want you to know like you're okay. Everything's okay. The podcast is just going to go on for two more hours in silence. Just (laughs) Everything's okay. (laughs) Everything will be okay. It's okay. Reach out for support. It's okay. Join our calls if you want some friends. (laughs) Shoot us a DM. Yeah. DM (laughs) us if you need some support. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you can do this. It's not hard because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because it's hard. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to relationships, there are things we can do to shift to make them better, hopefully, and or make the world better for ourselves by shifting out the door. Out the door if you need to. (laughs) I just feel like some people are going to listen like, how dare you tell people to get divorced? And that's, I'm oh. not telling anyone to get divorced. Shoot me a DM, you that person. And I'll have something <laughs> if to say you, Yeah, that. If you DM me yeah. to say, why are you encouraging? I'm, I'm encouraging health. Know. I'm encouraging health and I'm trusting that you know what to do yep. with that encouragement because you're in your life mm-hmm. and I'm not. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You're doing great. You're doing a great Thanks job. for being here. <laughs> okay. We'll see you soon. See you soon.